you ever felt like you are just going through the motion of life without a clear sense of direction or purpose? Have you ever felt like you are living a life that is happening to you and not the one you truly want? Have you ever imagined a life where you wake up every morning excited to tackle the day ahead? Have you ever considered what it would be like to live a life by design rather than by default? What is stopping you from designing the life you want? And how can you overcome those obstacles to create the life of your dreams? Join me after the intro for a conversation with a very special friend with whom we will answer these and many more questions. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy but not completely sure why that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Trade Show. Who has never said or heard, I'm so fed up with this life? Yes, I know, it's a rather trendy statement, isn't it? And this is because many of us go through life feeling like we are just going through the motion of things without a clear sense of direction or purpose. Yes, we might have a job that pays the bills, but it doesn't fulfill us or perhaps align with our passions. We might have a relationship that is comfortable, like an old pair of slippers, but not truly fulfilling. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we might have interests that we enjoy. Unfortunately, by the time we are done with work, family, duties, commitments, we have no time left for them. In short, we are just living a life by default that might make us feel unfulfilled, unsatisfied, and perhaps even stuck. So today we want to explore the concept of living a life by design, why it's important to sit back on the driving seat, the challenges of living a life by default, and how we can start taking steps towards designing the life that we really dream. And we dive into this fascinating topic in a conversation with today's guest, Tamara Zoner. Tamara is a speaker, fellow podcaster, but above all, a coach on a mission. A mission to create greater happiness in the world by teaching individuals and groups the actions and habits of happiness. A show not tell single mom of three and karaoke enthusiast, Tamara demonstrates daily how to create a life you love. Hi, Tamara. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Rosanna. It's a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Well, I would like to start this conversation that I believe is going to be quite interesting with you. 
And when did you start looking into the topic of design and love by design? Was it perhaps personal experience? <laughs> yes, of course it was. What gets most of us into what we really love is a personal experience. And so I was experiencing the opposite of a life that I loved. I was in a very toxic, controlling marriage, and I was really unhappy. I had three young children who I adored, but I wasn't being the person I wanted to be, the parent that I wanted to be with them because I was so angry and felt so stuck in my marriage. And so started to just seek answers to how did I get here and how do I get back to who I felt was my original core self, which was pretty happy in general. My, you know, I was called sunshine by my mother when I was a little kid. I have a generally optimistic disposition, but I just felt awful most of the time in my heart uh, at that point. And so it was in seeking for my own happiness that I got into this work. Well, that's the best thing to jumpstart a journey, a life journey. So let's start to understand really what the title of this episode really means by defining what a life by default really looks like. You already mentioned something. I gave some hint, perhaps in the introduction, but based also on the experience of your clients, what are really the issues? What happens when we get to that point in life where something simply doesn't add up anymore? So what is happening for clients who first come to me is that they're starting to wake up to the reality that they have just let life happen to them, that they've gone through the motions, ticked the boxes they were raised to believe they were supposed to tick, you know, go to school, get a career, find a partner, get married, buy a house, have children, all those things that are supposed to fulfill us and make life worth living, but they've realized they really haven't done it on their own accord. They've just followed in the footsteps of the billions of people who have come before them, also just letting life happen to them. And they're at this point where they're discovering that I'm not this doesn't feel good. I thought life was supposed to feel good. If I ticked all the boxes, then I'm supposed to be satisfied, but there's something missing. I don't know what it is or how to get it, but there's something missing. And they come to me because I have a group and a page and a presence that says, you can create a life you love. Like, let's do it. <laughs> and so they find me to wake up. I love what you're saying here. And I so much resonate with everything that you said. And if I think, for example, uh, talking with my mother or everybody from the previous generation, um, our parents, they said, well, you have a job, you have worked so hard, you studied for so many years, you know, that job is, is good. Or you married perhaps the person you decided to marry. So what's wrong with you? But, but it's true, you get, at some point in life where you think, well, I ticked all these boxes, but it wasn't really me, perhaps, that wanted to take those boxes. And I was just following what I was uh, told. It's the, the way to do it. Right. And I should be happy, but I'm I not. There must be something wrong with me. 
And in fact, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong really with any of us who are feeling that this ease in our lives and this desire for something more because we're humans and we have a drive for life, right? We have a drive for life and it doesn't mean to just exist. It means to live, to have joy, you know, to kind of return to this childlike state of wonder and awe. This is what one of the things that makes us feel alive, not to be childish, but to be childlike in how miraculous life really is. But we going through those motions, taking the boxes, doing what our parents or our teachers or society tells us we should do, it weighs us down. And soon enough, we're so weighted down that we don't even enjoy our kids or our family or the things we used to because we're so stuck in the shoulds of life. And that's a, that, that's a really exhausting place to be. It's a high price to pay, right, for something that we decide and we choose, but not out of our own will, of true will. Yeah. So what would you say are the common obstacles that people face when they start realizing that something is not quite right and they need to change? but then there is quite a lot of resistance, perhaps. What are perhaps the questions that they need to answer really hard and think very hard? Mm. Well, first, a lot of fear usually comes up because if I start to change my life and the way that I live it, what's going to happen to my relationships? What's going to happen to my job? Do I have to now quit my career or my job and and live my purpose? (laughs) I have to do radical change and the answer is no you do have you do have to face some fears and resistance and that that's okay and yes relationships will also change this is one of the number one fears that comes up for people well if i start to change my life and the way that i live it and i i live it more for me well first of all they're all going to think i'm so selfish and second of all then maybe they won't like me or love me anymore and What really happens, Rosanna, is that as we start to shift and change, we become okay with the changes in our lives, in our relationships, in our jobs, in our even in where we live. And whatever happens for you as you move forward, people either grow together or they grow apart. And if we want to, if we have relationships that we truly value, that are honoring us, that are nourishing us, then those will most likely move forward with us. And by the grace of the universe and spirit, the ones that hold us back and don't serve us usually are organically released. And yes, there may be some pain involved. Yes, there may be some hardship involved, but that's part of life too. That's part of a conscious life is to face the resistance, face the fears, face the challenges and move through them instead of avoiding them. Because when we, when we accept, and this is, you know, this is an easy, it sounds easy, right? But when we accept that this is the human experience that we signed up for, I believe that's my spiritual belief. I, I, I signed up for this one. Then, then I'm supposed to feel, we're supposed to feel, we're not supposed to numb Hmm. and shifting and growing and changing often provides a lot of opportunities for feeling. And that's okay. You're safe to feel what you feel. You're safe to be um, afraid. You're safe to release relationships. You're safe 
to gain new glorious relationships that come with this more awakened experience. This is so interesting because we go through life and we think that every single person that we acquire, every single relationship has to stay in our life for the rest of our life. And this is not actually true. They, they, are, they come and go and they, they, there are seasons where we have that person in our, in our life. And once uh, we change and we shift our perspective, I think uh, we, we discover the, the power of gaining new friends and new relationships. We never think about that. We always think about those we lose along the way. Uh, so it's a it's a very interesting perspective. Uh, uh, this one talking about resistance. Are there misconceptions perhaps that we have and develop? Are there? <laughs> yes, we have so many misconceptions, and part of this process of designing your life the way that you want it is. To start to recognize those misconceptions and to, and to look at them. So again, it's all about consciousness and awareness and being willing to look at how you've been lying to yourself, how the world's been making up stories for you that you've agreed on and changing your mind and saying, oh, well, if I want to do this and I'm afraid and someone else has done this, maybe it will help me to look at what they've gone through, to, to talk to them even, to see how they feel about where they are now as compared to when they were kind of right where I'm at. This is a courageous action to talk to someone who's living very consciously aware and has made major tra- changes in their lives already. There's never been a person that I have talked to who regretted creating a life that they love consciously with awareness and releasing the past and moving into their future with forethought and and heart guidance, I would say. No one regrets that. No one. What we do regret is staying scared and therefore staying stuck. Do you think that one of the issues that keep us stuck, as you say, is perhaps this idea of happiness that that we have, which is almost something unreachable, we, we live in the middle of happiness. We want happiness, but then perhaps we don't fully understand what real or true happiness is. And, and therefore, uh, we struggle so much to make that change because we don't really know what we want. We don't really know what makes us happy. What would you think about it? And how, where happiness is in that equation? You're, you're so right. Everything that you just said is so correct. We're, we're, it's like we're reaching for happiness, thinking it's out there or over there or up there, but really it's right here. So we've got, we've got the location of our happiness wrong. <laughs> it's in here and it's waiting for us to uncover it by removing all that weight of the world, all those shoulds, all the you know past programming. It's already in here. We're just not looking in the right place for it. And um, what we have to do instead of trying to find it is to know and to recognize that the seed's already inside of us and we have to simply cultivate it and give it some water and tap into what makes us feel alive. So that's one of the first things that I ask people. So I, this is my expertise is, is cultivating happiness. And 
passion and purpose and feeling alive. They're all very, very linked. And what we have to do is begin to ask ourselves, what does make me feel alive? What what did I love to do when I was younger before I was weighed down by all these adult responsibilities? What did I love to do? And it's not going to be the same when you're 40 as when you were 20, right? Maybe you loved to go clubbing, but now you're like, no, I'd rather sit on my deck and enjoy the view of the lake and, or hang out with my friends and have intense, interesting conversations. It doesn't matter what it is. It just matters that you're willing to look and see what it is. And then to actually start doing the things that bring you joy. And choosing those things over taking out the trash or cleaning the house, unless you really love to do that and that lights you up, it's okay to not get everything done in order to actually enjoy your life. It doesn't mean you're going to leave you know, the trash for weeks and weeks. It'll get done. And it'll get done with so much more joy if you've taken time to do the things that light you up from within. And that's where you find your happiness is through daily actions uh, that bring you purpose and meaning into your experience. And they can be the simplest things. It doesn't have to be moving around the world uh, or traveling or uh, teaching happiness or living your big grand purpose. It can simply be tuning into nature for a few minutes, watching the chipmunks playing or the birds chirping or the sun rising it can be little magical things of life that we miss when we're not looking for them anymore. Was all we're looking for is how awful life is. That happiness switch turns on when we start to look for what's already good in our lives. Look for what we're already grateful for. Look for the magic that's already there. And once we start putting our attention on that, that's when life starts to feel more magical, more happy, and more joyful, more fulfilling. And it is already within you. I love what you're saying. Actually, I was uh, smiling because with a former client, I remember uh, she was really struggling to finish all the chores in the house every single day. And I said, well, what happens if one day you go to bed without doing your dishes? Is the end of the world? Does it something terrible happen? No, you just wake up in the morning and most likely the dishes are there, <laughs> you know, waiting for you <laughs> patiently. So it's, it's true. Sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves and there is really no point for that. And a lot of that comes from society and what is right and what mm. is not right. But I would like to come back, if you don't mind, on how we question ourselves to find really what we enjoy doing and what is our passion. Because, you know, with, the, with this podcast, a, a lot of the audience perhaps have been going through difficult situations. We talk a lot about abuse, especially in childhood. Situations that are very um, difficult to, to deal with and, and, and overcome. And perhaps, a lot of our listeners are not in uh, or have not experienced that happy teenage or early years uh, as, uh, as adults, uh, as many others. So perhaps they have no idea what they truly enjoy doing. Mm. So mm -hmm. what would you advise there? Start asking yourself. 
start asking yourself, you know, I was not without struggle in my childhood. (laughs) So it, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. And, you know, there's that phrase that ticks a lot of people who've gone through a lot of things off that happiness is a choice. It's not happiness that is a choice. We can't just turn that on and off like a light switch, but we can choose to take actions that support our happiness. And no matter how hard life has been for you, you can make new choices and you can take a first, first I would say, Rosanna, the first thing to do is to take a look at how you're thinking. Because our minds and the way that we think and the way that we talk to ourselves directly impact our experience in this world, our self-esteem, our belief about what is possible for us. And we can either live in the past and be constantly wishing things were different and that we'd had a, a nicer mother or a gentler childhood or more luxuries, or we can simply accept that that's what was. And if you want some extra credit in there, you could even adopt the mantra that I have that everything happens for me, for me, not to me, for me. And say, this is my present today. So one of the biggest indicators of unhappiness is living in this perpetual blaming, complaining, and shaming cycle where it's his fault that I'm not. It's my it's my ex-husband's fault, Rosanna, that I'm not happy because he was very emotionally abusive. So I can never be happy. But I haven't been married to him for nine years. <laughs> or I can never be happy because my mom was a yeller and a shouter and she was emotionally abusive when I was a child. Or I witnessed my father hit my brother and the household was violent. I can never be happy. So I'm still living in that instead of living in now. And so one of the very first and most important parts of moving forward in our lives toward more joy is to decide right now that I am going to give up complaining, blaming, and shaming. Shaming is that self-directed blame. And this ties into your podcast after all, right? Because to do that, we have to implement some forgiveness. And I'm going to take responsibility for my happiness right now. I'm responsible for my happiness, not the government, not my dead father, not my brother, not the weather, not my bank account. I'm responsible for my happiness right here and now in this moment. And what can I do now to take a little bit more responsibility for my own happiness? Sometimes that action is forgiveness. Well, let's talk about forgiveness then. How do we let go of these emotions that are not serving us? And you mentioned forgiveness. Are there any other ways uh, also that we can uh, we can use obviously I, I love forgiveness yeah well again <laughs> it comes down to how we think so we really do need to critically examine how we're thinking and how we're showing up in the world based on those thoughts so one of the things that I teach in uh, my speaking events or with my groups or one-on-one clients is reprogramming and repatterning our neural pathways toward more positive thinking and One thing I love about my work is that it's not toxic positivity. It's not 
um, forget everything that's bad, ignore it, bury it, and just focus on the good. No, it's looking at real life and what's happened to you and what's happening for you and what you can do now. Because if we're we're living right, if we're my definition of right, if we're living this human experience the way that we're meant to, it is not all going to be, you know, skipping through fields of sunflowers and joy all of the time. We're human. We lose people, right? If we're lucky enough to have deeply loved, we will grieve someone in this lifetime and that will hurt. And it's so vital that we let ourselves feel that. And that way we're moving through our emotions instead of stuck, stucking, sticking them, stuffing them down and sticking them in our bodies. We've got to be able to, well, we don't have to, but it's really supportive to choose to feel them and move through them so that they can be released. And, and so there's the mind. And then there's simple practices there's so many simple practices that can help us release the past. And that's by putting our attention on what we want to create. So what we put our attention on grows stronger in our lives. So if I'm putting my attention on what I don't want and what I didn't like, I'm going to notice all of that much more often. I'm going to feel like that's all life is. Life is terrible. Life, I'm so unlucky. This, everything horrible happens to me because that's what I'm looking for. But if I put my attention on what I want more of, I want more joy. I want more lightness. I want more freedom. I want to laugh every day. That's my desire. I want to laugh and feel joy every single day. Well, then I'm going to start to notice things that activate my heart and my sense of humor and my joy. Because that's where I'm putting my attention. And so this is one of the ways, and then I, I am a huge supporter of forgiveness, but not for others. <laughs> we got to start forgiving ourselves first. That was what I had to do um, for me. I had to forgive myself for staying in a relationship that was clearly abusive. I stayed for 16 years. When I was a child, I didn't have the choice, right? I needed shelter, support, and safety, at least with a roof over my head and food on the table. As an adult woman, I made a choice to be in a marriage for 16 years, and I had to forgive myself for the way I allowed myself to be treated. And I had to take responsibility. If you'll hear my language, I allowed myself to be treated that way. Because when I make that switch from victim he did this to me To I allowed it. I'm empowered now. Now I'm responsible. I get to make the changes in my life. And that's exciting to me to say, Ooh, he can't make me happy or unhappy. He can only give me a garden of soil in which I choose what happens, weeds or roses. I choose roses. So I choose to take responsibility and forgive that younger version of myself who didn't do or maybe even know any better. I absolutely agree with everything you are saying here. Taking responsibility is really such a crucial step because you're right. If you don't take responsibility for your part, obviously it's not all your fault or, right. you know, completely um, aligned here. But you have some responsibility for having allowed certain situations 
and not having moved away from them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now you have the responsibility to say, I, I want to make a change. I want to change direction. And That's it. So I just want to be really clear for listeners. This is not blaming you for your life experiences. Things have happened that were out of your control. And so you're not, it's not your fault mm -hmm. that bad things happened. And it's your responsibility to decide how you move forward in your life. It's your responsibility to decide how you process those experiences and you can stay stuck in them or you can take that empowered view and say, well, I have a choice here. I have a choice of how to respond now. It happened. It's in the past. I can't change it but I can forgive myself maybe for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or I can forgive myself for allowing that treatment. I can forgive myself for staying as long as I did. And now I can choose differently in my life. Now I have more awareness. I'm smarter. I'm stronger. And so I can move forward in a way that is responsive instead of reactive. And that is so empowering and feels really really good. So no matter what has happened to you in your life today, you can choose to decide that it happened for you to become that highest, stronger, more amazing version of yourself. And therefore you deserve to create a life worthy of this awesome person you are today, that you survived all of that. And you cannot just survive forever but you can begin to thrive if you choose to this is uh, again so powerful and what you say this has happened for you and not to you is so important and if anybody has doubt about it think of where you are today and all the good things that are happening in your life today and think if those things could have happened if you didn't go through the hardship and you know, sometimes I burn out five years ago and I, I wouldn't have started this podcast if mm -hmm. it wasn't for that. Um, you know, just to mention one one single thing. I, I started a, a conversation with my organization to, to change things, to start shifting some of the dynamics that, you know, I, I end up, ended up in and that caused uh, my burnout. So other people will not be able to go through the same experiences. You know, th these are important shifts and that realization, that understanding, that awareness can only come through those moments of, of, of challenging moments, right? Yeah, I love that idea of, and that action of looking at all the things that got you to where you are today. And if you can sit and list like what you do love, what you're grateful for, and, and then backtrack the steps. Like, would this have happened if not for that? You know, for me on my, uh, on my first divorce anniversary, as I called it, <laughs> I sat and wrote, I, it. <laughs> I wrote a list of 16 things. So one for every year I was married that I'm grateful for that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't married him. I hadn't met him and married him. I mean, I, and that, that's a perspective shift. My life has been amazing. I've lived in different countries. I have three kids. I, you know, I've had such incredible experiences. So even in the hardest times, it's not all bad. Usually, 
I mean, there are some extreme cases, but usually there's some joy even in the hard parts of life. And it's especially important to look for it within those like, oh, I went through this period of really, you know, a whole bunch of crap in my life. But what what good happened during that time? What wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been in that situation? And I think that's a super powerful perspective shift. Fantastic. Tamara, so we have understood that we are not happy where we are. We know what will make us happy. We have forgiven ourselves for having been stuck in a situation that wasn't really serving us. How do we align with that idea, that new idea mm-hmm. of what will make us live a life by design? I love that question because alignment is so vital in my personal experience. This is how I feel my way through life. Am I in integrity? Am I in alignment? And I think that when we when we begin to be in tune with who we are and our values and what we want life to look and feel like for us, then, and we choose to take responsibility for creating more of it and paying attention to it, um, we feel it. You know, we feel that alignment when we're speaking to people, if our words don't match our values or our actions don't match our words, we feel this discord in our bodies. I certainly do. I'll feel a discord and it's almost like warning, you know, sirens going, hey, you're not being truthful right now. Get back into alignment. But here's the practice and happiness is a practice and alignment is a practice because we're going to fall off the balance beam once in a while. And that's okay. As long as we decide like, well, you can lay on the ground for a minute or two, but then get back up on the balance beam, start walking. But it's, here's the secret. Usually people have to pay me for this, but I'm going to share it with you and your audience. (laughs) (laughs) Once you have gotten clear on what you want life to look and feel like feeling is very important then. And from, I'm just going to put in here. I take all of my one-on-one clients through a process of clarity where we get very clear on what we want life to look and feel like what we want to be, do, feel, or have in our lives. And it starts with a list of 10 to 12 things of when my life is ideal, I am. And we make a list. And then through a very specific a process of questioning, we get down to the top five things. Maybe it's that they want to be best-selling authors, or maybe it's that they simply want to feel peace and love in their hearts every day, or maybe it's that they live in a beautiful home. It can be literally anything. This is the designing process, right? And then the secret to guarantee that we actually create what we have designed and bring it into our reality is that whenever you are faced with a choice, a decision, or an opportunity, choose in favor of your passions, of those things, that ideal life. Choose in favor of it every time. So if my if my passion or that clear idea of what I want life to look like is to feel really good in my body, to be fit and healthy and vibrant, and I have a choice between, you know, Dunkin' Donuts or a salad, like a really good, yummy salad, then I would choose the salad. Or if I have a choice between, you know, maybe my kids say, hey, let's let's go 
play in the lake. And my boyfriend says, no, let's just sit on the couch and watch a movie. Which one's going to make me feel more alive and fit and vibrant in my body going and playing in the lake? So I choose in favor of my passion. And it's this beautiful guidance system that allows us to go, well, wait, which one will move me closer to the life I really want to be living? Choose in favor of the one that moves you closer. I, I love that. It's uh, having a compass yes. that takes you in, uh, in that direction because we, we cannot deny we live very busy lives uh, nowadays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that takes me to the next question. How much self-care comes into the equation, if you like, of staying on top of what you really want and that life that you have designed? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we are taken by all, all the business of things, right? Yeah. Here's the thing about self-care. Your happiness is your self-care. And so the behaviors that lead to more joy are self-care. So it can, it can be doing the laundry <laughs> or those dishes in the sink. If that makes you feel cleaner, clearer, and lighter, that's your self-care. Self-care is so vital to a truly joyful existence because we have to support ourselves in whatever ways we want life to feel good. So for me, you know, the body is one of the seven main areas of happiness. And I know for sure that on less than seven hours of sleep, I'm a different person. <laughs> so a restful night's sleep is a priority for me. My yoga practice is a priority for me because it is both movement and exercise and meditation and mindfulness. And so when life gets really busy, so I was super busy a couple of weeks ago. I had a two-week period of very, very busy, much busier than I like to, to be. It was an event period. And I had to make decisions between those seven hours of sleep or my yoga. And so I chose sleep. And then I chose movement throughout the day, right? Five minutes here or there, get up, stretch, dance party, whatever. <laughs> Do a couple of yoga moves between calls, um, that sort of thing. So there's an element of forgiveness in this too, Rosanna. And that is that I, if I don't get on that yoga mat, because I have a commitment to a daily daily, I'm putting in quotes for those of you listening, uh, practice of yoga and meditation. But daily to me, I defined as five or six days a week. So that if I need that extra hour of sleep or I'm ill or you know what, it's just been so busy, I just need to lay in my bed for a few minutes, then I'm automatically forgiven. I'm automatically forgiven. It's built in. It's this, it's this grace that I offer myself. And And then, because I know that it supports me whenever I can, I get back on that mat and, and reinstate that. And I try to never skip three days of a self-care routine that really is vital for my well-being uh, because I'll start to feel the difference in my mood, in my body. So it's really, again, awareness, just being aware of how you care for yourself and to know that your motivation is not going to come at the start. We're not 
naturally motivated, we humans, we would rather Netflix than chill. But once we choose to do the thing that supports us, like fit exercise, taking a walk around the block or whatnot, once we're three or four days in, we start to notice how much better we feel, even if it's just a five or 10 minute walk, then the motivation kicks in. Oh, I feel better when I do this. I like feeling better. It feels good to feel good. I'm going to keep going. And so that motivation kicks in after we begin to experience the benefits. So self-care is everything, but it doesn't have to be an hour massage every week or getting the nails done. Self-care is very personal. So you get to decide for you what that looks like. I, I love that. Tamara, you have two children. Uh, my sister has three children, so I've got two gorgeous nephews and, well, I always say the sweetest little girl, a little niece. How do we help them creating a life that they really enjoy, life by design, from the outset in, instead of when they are in their 40s? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful question. And I believe this is how we change the world, you know, by one generation at a time. And it is that we show them how. Parenting and even aunting is show, not tell. So I demonstrate for my children what this looks like. And I have done it. They were very young when I was first starting this journey. Uh, leaving the marriage. My son, my youngest was only five, but I had started the process a couple of years before leaving, like going, wait a second, you know, something needs to change here. And so I started with a practice of yoga and I would go and do yoga and he was three years old and he was a very early riser and he was consistently dressed as Spider-Man at that point. <laughs> and he, and he, would come in while I was doing yoga and ask for things and, you know, climb all over me. And, and I simply started saying, you know what, honey, you can either join me or you can wait. You can join me or you can wait. And so sometimes he'd join me. He'd make my planks really strong because he'd climb on my back <laughs> or he'd pull out his toys and he'd just hang out and do what he did. And sometimes he'd meditate with me at the time I was doing a lot of breath of fire. And so he would show all my friends how to do breath of fire when they came over. Mommy does this, you know, and he'd model it. And, and so they do what they see, right? The seeds that we plant as parents or as people who care for kids, those seeds we might not see right away. I can't say that any of my teenagers, they're all teenagers now, meditate on a daily basis, but they know what it looks like. They know what I look like when I am practicing a high level of self-care. And if I skip it, they're very forgiving because they have seen forgiveness in practice. My forgiveness of them being normal kids and my forgiveness of myself and my forgiveness of their father, which is sometimes a daily practice. <laughs> Still. And so it's it's really how we show them. We have to show them what it looks like to live by design. We have to show them that it's possible by doing it ourselves. This is the most important thing. You can't just talk about it or tell people. You have to show them, especially kids. You have to show them. 
I absolutely love that show not tell. Tamara, I would like to come back on you before uh, concluding this uh, conversation and ask you what is going on now in uh, uh, your professional life. Uh, uh, I mean, if you want to talk about your personal life, I don't mind either. <laughs> <laughs> But is there anything in particular that you want to share with us? Oh, I would love to. I am launching a group program, in fact, for authentic happiness. And in this group program, we will move through all seven areas of authentic happiness and, and that clarity process that I talked about, getting really clear on what you want your life to look like. So we design it and then we learn the behaviors that support it so that you can create it. And it's a six-month program Uh, small groups, so no more than 12 to 14 people, and we'll meet every week and really practice together the tools and actions and skills of happiness. And then I, and that's launching in early June. And then I also have two spots for one-on-one -on -one clients right now. I like to keep my one-on-one -on -one program uh, very small Um, and so if someone is interested in taking this deeper, then they can contact me and we'll set up a call, free pathway to happiness call. And this is my gift to you and all of your listeners. If you want to get started with one tool, one practice, then we'll meet and, and talk for about 20 minutes about where you are and what's going on for you. And then I'll teach you a, a tool to start utilizing so that you can start to feel the difference in your life now it happens quickly when you use the tools and so that that is what is happening for me and then of course I do a lot of free master classes so I would invite your listeners to follow me on social media I'm usually on Facebook and Instagram and I have a YouTube channel as well plus my podcast spirit cafe and I do uh every couple of months run a free master class an hour to two hours of these skills and tools and um it's really So much fun. And I have to say, it's taken me years to be able to say this with absolute confidence and no ego, but people feel better the more time they spend with me. So I really invite you to just take advantage of me on the internet because you'll feel better. <laughs> Little Tamra time is good for the soul. So um, utilize the, the resources that are all over the web. I can confirm that looking at your face, you, you have such a beautiful smiley face. So uh, it, it's like a, a ray of sun in, uh, in the room. So uh, I can confirm uh, that. So if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, where they can find you? You mentioned some platforms, but specifically? Yeah. Um, they can search my name. It's a fairly unique name, Tamara Zoner. So it's TamaraZoner.com which will lead you to my website, alifeyoulovenow.com. And then you can look me up on Facebook. I also have a private Facebook group called Create a Life You Love Now. And in that, I'm sharing daily inspiration and motivation and, and teaching some tools here and there just within the group space. And then if any of your listeners happen to be local to the Metro Detroit area in Michigan, I have a local meetup where we actually meet once a month so they could find that group, Create a Life You Love, on meetup.com as well and actually come and have some coffee with me. 
Fantastic. And uh, as always, we will put all the links in the description of today's episode so everybody can find you on the other side. Tamara, final question. If there was one take-home message that you would love everybody to remember from this conversation, what that would be? It is that you already have everything that you need within you. Everything. I cannot express it enough, and I almost feel like crying thinking of how few people realize it. But you have everything that you need within you already. Sometimes we just need a loving mirror to show it to us. It's there. You've got it. And you can create anything you want in this life. How beautiful. Well, whether you are feeling stuck in your career, relationships, or hobbies, I hope that this episode has provided insights and inspiration how you can stop living a life by default and start living one with purpose and intention. And I want to leave you with a quote from Winston Churchill who said, it's not enough to have lived, we should be determined to live for something. Tamara, thank you so much for accepting our invitation, for sharing so much with our audience and your positive message. I really loved this conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we would love to know what you think about this topic. Are you living a life that doesn't fulfill you? If so, I believe there is plenty in this episode to jumpstart a change of direction. But if you have questions that perhaps we didn't address today, please let us know and get in touch. Also, don't forget to check Tamara's website and to follow her on social media. You will find all the links in the description of today's episode. Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time. Thank you and goodbye.